Hello everyone, welcome to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. You know, they say all good things must come to an end. Whether it's a really tasty pizza or a nice tall glass of your favorite beverage, it doesn't last forever. And I guess you could say the same thing applies to a lot of video games out there. So today we are going to be taking a look at video game endings. And to join me with this discussion, my friend Lou. How's it going today, Lou? Pretty well. How about yourself, Al? Oh, it was one of those one of those types of days at work. So, but I made it through. That's you know what? It's a good thing that you did because otherwise this conversation could have definitely take a weird turn. Yes, it would. Or you know, you would be like you know sitting on Skype wondering, okay, where's that jerk? When is he going to log in? <laughs> I, I I didn't know you could do seances over Skype. That's true. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say that my, my day was quite that bad that you would need a seance to contact me, but anyways. So, video game endings. And there's a lot of older games, of course, that we're not really going to discuss because, I mean, a lot of times when you did have those early video games, they were intended to go on and on until you ran out of quarters, you know, things like Pac-Man or Space Invaders, you know, pretty much the enemies just got faster and faster until you couldn't react fast enough and you died. So if you had to think back, way back, what would you say is the first video game you can remember that actually had an ending to it? Oh, wow. Um, I guess it kind of just depends if we're going to deal. I mean, any games are, are on the table. Would that be accurate? Yep. Any video game, whether it's for arcade or home console. You know, and I think arcade is probably where I thought about the game endings the most is because usually that's where I spent more of my time. Um, like the Simpsons or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the four player ones. I mean, I just remember spending tons of tokens just to get to the ending because there was a point. I mean, the, you're exactly right. On the previous games, such as Pac-Man, Space Invaders, um, a lot of the Atari ones, and actually even some of the Nintendo ones later on, there was no ending. It was just you kept going until you ran out of money or you died. And so playing games in the arcades, so some of the shooters and whatnot that actually had a defined ending, fighting game shooters, etc., that was neat. It just really, there's, there's no other way to put it. It was just neat. So yep. those were good. Um, I remember Night Striker and Vapor Trail at home. I want to say probably Mario one. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a great ending, but it was an ending. You know, it was like, Hey, it's, it's, there's something to shoot for. Yeah. And okay. So yeah, it was, you know, finally, you know, thank you, Mario. And it wasn't just, you know, you got to that last castle and it wasn't Toad sitting there going, thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. It was actually the princess. And it's like, but now we have a new quest for you. And yeah, so- I, I gotta, I gotta ask about that though. When you first played Mario one, which would have been got 85, something like that, 84, whatever. Yep. When you first ran into your first Toad, were you like everybody else was like, son of a, what? What the hell just happened here? <laughs> I don't remember because I don't remember if I saw the instruction manual before I I actually played Super Mario Brothers. So for all I know, that could have been the ending of the game. Um, I didn't know that. Okay, you were trying to rescue the princess. So okay, yeah, that honestly I can't remember if um because I'm wanting to say I was kind of prepared for it because. Okay, a game with just four levels is really kind of short, even for an old home console game like that. True enough, yeah. And I think I was expecting it because I knew the the basic plot behind Super Mario Brothers was to rescue the princess. Uh, because one of my first experiences with the NES uh, many, many years ago... Uh, back when I lived down in the M- Milwaukee area, we used to come up to uh, the Appleton area to visit my cousin. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I slept over at his house when we were visiting instead of staying at the hotel. And we I remember we stayed up late into the night playing video games and woke up the next day and played video games. And Because, uh, <laughs> again, he had an NES, and all my friends that I you know, would hung out with at the time, I think they all had like an Atari or a ColecoVision. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you remember this or not, but remember there's the old classic uh, NES strategy guide that came with some of the versions of the original Nintendo Entertainment System, where it had, like, complete walkthroughs for some of the games like Zelda, Goonies 2. Um, it was a black cover with yes. white with gold. Yeah, I have that. Yep. And so I think I remember paging through that and I remember seeing something in there about, yeah, your, your purpose is you have to rescue the princess. <laughs> you know, and I, I was part of Nintendo Power's generation. I mean, I had it for, I think, all but maybe two years. And I it was spoiled for me, but at the same time, it was still like, ah, it was still just a letdown a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that it was like, oh, it's a toad. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and... I'd have to say for me, probably if I'm going with the home systems, probably the earliest one I can remember that had an ending was Raiders of the Lost Ark for the Atari 2600. Did you actually beat that? I didn't, but a friend of mine did. I was going to say, oh my god, that is such a convoluted game. If you would have beaten that, you would have just earned like total geek cred for me. Yeah, and see, the thing about that game is, I think that game, its main problem was it came out too early because you had an inventory you had to manage but you had to use the second controller in order to access your inventory Mm -hmm. so if you didn't have a friend there to help you or if you only had one joystick well you're pretty much screwed better go buy another one yeah so i think that i mean i think it would have been cool if Raiders of the Lost Ark did come out on maybe like a Nintendo or the, because what else was there at the time? Because I think there was, I mean, I don't remember Coleco and Intellivision, how they compared to the, uh, to the Atari, if they had just the one button controllers as well. Oh God, no. Um, Intellivision, it basically looked like a cell phone. I mean, it had, (laughs) it had all the one through zero and then the star and pound Coleco was kind of the same. It was weird. It had like those numbers in the bottom and then a little joystick thing on top with two buttons on the side, kind of like the 5200 controllers. Okay. Um, and then they actually had little plastic things you'd slide in that you could, that would cover up the buttons and tell you what to do. Okay. Yeah. Now I think I remember. I maybe I've seen them, but I don't think I've actually played one. But I mean, I think if that game was made for one of those systems where there were more input options, it probably would have been a lot better of a game. Oh, absolutely. As far as um, arcade games, the first one I can remember with an ending was probably Kung Fu, which, okay, uh, you know, you basically all, you walked to the other side of the screen, punching and kicking everything in your way. And mm-hmm. of course the plot was pretty simple. Um, it was basically just rescue your girlfriend from Mr. X. So yeah. Yeah. that's, I said, if I had to go with arcade games, that's probably the first one I remember that actually had a definite ending, and it wasn't just keep going and going and going until you run out of quarters or get frustrated and give up. Sure. So let's discuss a little bit about what we think makes a good video game ending. And if you had to choose some things that you think would be um, criteria for determining what as a good video game ending, what would you say they are? Oh, well, you know, when you spend, I mean, if you spend 10 minutes, if you spend 10 hours playing a video game, you're going to want to be satisfied at the ending of it. You know, when you go through and play something like in the arcade, if you're going to spend 20 bucks in tokens on it, you want to have some kind of ending that makes it worth your while. You don't want to just be a screen that says, game over or congratulations you won and call it a day it's like i just spent 20 bucks from to read three words congratulations <laughs> you won well that's stupid you know i don't expect to have like a full motion video at the end of it or something but to have the i guess the criteria for me would be wrap up the loose ends because usually throughout the game there's going to be some kind of um story um wrap up the loose ends you know give some kind of pat on the shoulder if that makes sense you know just kind of a good job buddy this is what you did and you know just have it be where you know they're acknowledging that you spent the time the money the effort and the skill or just a shite load of money um, (laughs) on their game and that they're you know they're appreciative of you doing so by actually giving us something to work towards yeah and if that makes sense it does and i think everyone can agree that the ending should leave you feeling satisfied that 
you know, it was worth spending $10 on arcade tokens or spending 10 hours playing the game. And I think, though, exactly how complex an ending should be. I mean, really, this may sound kind of strange, but I think when you determine how satisfying the ending is, it really depends on the actual game itself and what the mechanics are. Like, obviously, something like Super Mario Brothers. You know, getting to the end and, you know, thank you, Mario, for saving me. Well, let's face it, Super Mario Brothers is not exactly rocket science. You, no, and honestly, in that kind of game, what more do you want? Yeah. I mean, you run from one side of the screen to the other, try not to get hit by anything, and try not to fall in a pit. And, I mean, granted, there are some stages that are a little trickier, because when you start to get later, um, some of the, the maze stages and the or not the mazes but the uh the castle stages oh yeah they become mazes because uh there's one it's like you have to go from like the top to the middle to the bottom and if you don't figure out that pattern it keeps going over and over until you run out of time Mm -hmm. yep or get frustrated and you know hit the reset button and throw your game out the window yeah. So, or hope that some one of your friends has a copy of Nintendo Power that tells you how to get through it. Because, yeah. of course, there was no internet back then. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, yeah, you youngins out there, you don't know how good you have it with the internet and YouTube and all that. It's like, yeah, back then, it's you got stuck. You either had to hope that you had a friend who knew how to get pe- past that part of the game, or you had to have been lucky to have a subscription to Nintendo Power. Or there were a few other game magazines like uh electronic gaming monthly game pro game pro um game informer game informer is i don't know how old they are i know game informer is one that i read now and that was the gamestop one yeah because i always remember when i used to go to well before it was gamestop it was (laughs) eb games um funko land oh i remember that my uncle used to get a whole bunch of used games from there down in the milwaukee area yeah so i think um I mean, I think that it's like one of the companies bought out the other, and then the other bought out the other, and then eventually they became GameStop. Mm-hmm. And when, I know that's one of the things they always pestered you about when you went in there to buy or sell anything. Hey, how would you like to get a subscription to our magazine? Did I say I wanted that subscription to your magazine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what's it worth to you? <laughs> Just ring me up my damn copy of Castlevania so I can be on my way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, I mean, when you do start to get towards your role-playing games, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger, uh, Dragon Warrior. For those, you definitely want to have, as a game designer, you would definitely want to put a bit more effort into that ending because usually with a, you know, a role-playing game, it's going to be a lot more involved than just going to one side of the screen and either avoiding or destroying various obstacles in your path. And, oh, yeah. You know, because you're going to have all sorts of little plot threads that come and go, and uh, sometimes you might have side quests that you can take on, and depending on the game, sometimes those side quests might have an impact later on in the, you know, in the game, and might even have an effect mm-hmm. on the ending. Oh, yeah. You know, and with the role-playing aspect, too, I mean, it's, again, you mentioned it before, is what you put into it, you kind of want to get out of it. You know, if I spent you know, let's say 30 hours finishing Final Fantasy, did the side quest, you know, one character disappeared, never to be seen again. If they don't show up at the end or tell me that that person died, I'm going to be pissed because I need to know, I want all these threads tied up. Yep. And and one thing that's interesting when you talk about with, with characters that have never been seen again, I mean, you've probably played Final Fantasy 3 for the Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy 6. I played a little bit. I was not really a huge Final Fantasy person. I think 2 slash 4 was my favorite mm-hmm. of all time. Oh. And I played that one a ton. But the rest of them were just kind of hit or miss. Before we go on, I should probably mention something. And maybe I should have uh, mentioned this early on. But we're talking about video game endings. So, um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but... Well, of course, with some of these games being several years old, probably not necessary by now, but just consider yourself forewarned. So, but when you, like Final Fantasy VI, one of the things that I liked about that game and its ending is there is one character in the game who 
depending on your actions, might never show up in the game again. Now, with the Final Fantasy VI, it starts out in the world of balance, where everything is mostly hunky-dory. But halfway through the game, uh, Kefka, one of your primary antagonists, basically sends the world down the toilet. And uh, the game takes off a year later in the what's called the World of Ruin, where like the continents are all different, and some places have been destroyed, other places you know, have been through other changes. And, well, in in the middle of this, you're on this floating continent. And one of the characters you encounter, Shadow, who's a a ninja assassin, well, he helps... Aren't they all? What's that? Aren't they all? Yeah, yes, all ninjas are assassins. (laughs) So, uh, at the end of the the floating continent, um, Shadow helps you escape. And you're trying to, you have a certain amount of time to get back to your airship. So you can escape. And when you get to the end, you have the option to either wait. Well, because if you, if you never played it before, you might be tempted to jump on your airship. And if you do that, you never see Shadow again for the rest of the game. But if you wait until I think it's like two or three seconds before you get to the, uh, before jumping on the airship, or two or three seconds before the time runs out, Shadow reappears, and then you have the opportunity to get him back later in the game. And now the way that ties into the ending, when the game picks up after the world has pretty much been um, not obliterated, but ruined, you start out as the character Salis, or um, Salis, I think that's how it's pronounced, Salis. We always pronounced it Salis back then, but um, Salis has to then go find all of her friends. And the ending you get really depends on how many of your friends you recover. And one thing that's kind of cool is there's only three characters you have to use. Salis, Edgar, and uh, Setzer. And my friend Dan from the Radio Free Borderlands podcast, he actually beat the game with just those three characters instead of going and finding all of your friends. So it gives you some different endings based on, again, how many people you uh, found before fighting the final boss. So I just thought that was kind of cool. The way I mean, the ending alone is good enough, but that that's kind of that little uh, secret ending that you can work for. You know, and it's nice when games do that, where they give you basically how much work you put into it. They'll give you a different ending. I mean, the first one that pops into my head is Metroid, mm-hmm. where you know, depending on how fa- how much percent you do, and I think how fast you get it done is determinant on what kind of ending you get. If you get like the the true Justin Bailey ending. Um, for those kids who don't know, Justin Bailey was the code to use. Um, you could either get that one you get without the power suit, which, oh my God, it was a woman, <laughs> you know, or it could just be with Samus Aran getting up there with the full power suit on and that's the end of the game, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I think another one, Castlevania 2, I think Simon's yep. Quest was another one that depending on how fast you did it was depending on what e- ending you get. Yeah. And that game, I was actually surprised that there were three endings. Now, mm-hmm. Originally, I found out that there were just there were two because I think I was remember talking with a friend of mine at school, and we were talking about that game, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of a bummer though that Simon dies in the end." And then my friend's like, "No, he doesn't." And that's when I found out that there's actually there are there's three endings: the the main one where he lives, uh, the second one where he dies, and then the third one. It's very similar to the first one, except at the end. A hand reaches up from Dracula's grave, you know, gravesite, and the ending you got depended, I think, on how fast you beat it, as well as how many times you died. Where, okay. if you took too long and you died too many times, then that's where you get the ending where Simon dies from his wounds. It would make sense. I mean, if you died that many times, if you controlled him and you kept killing him, I mean, he succumbed to his injuries. Yep, and. Also, I think there's something about there's a curse in the game, and that's why uh, Simon has to do it fast. Uh, also, when you're talking about Castlevania and some of the early games, uh, another one that comes to mind is Castlevania Three, mm-hmm. because it, that game actually has four different endings. Because as you are heading towards the castle, and this is one of the things I loved about Castlevania Three, it took some of those aspects of Castlevania Two and Castlevania One. I mean, it, it played very similar to the first one, but unlike the, 
But like the second one, you weren't just confined to the castle. You had different environments right. you would travel through. And in that one, you meet three uh, companions, uh, Grant, Alucard, or Sypha. And mm-hmm. your ending depends on whether you have one of those companions with you or whether you do it alone. And I always enjoyed Grant. The The ability to stick on the walls was yeah. just entertaining. I'd have to say that he's probably my favorite character because he's my personal experience is that it's easiest to beat the game with him. Um, Cause I'm sorry, Alucard is nowhere near as badass as he was in symphony of the night. Oh um, God. I'd even go so far as to say he sucks and Sifa's okay. It's just, you have to be careful with her cause like Grant, she takes more damage from the attacks, but she's not as fast as Grant. So she can't really escape that damage very easily. But she does more damage, though. She does more damage as well as taking more. That is true. Um, some of her spells can be very useful. So, so okay, we know that a good ending is going to be one that feels fulfilling. Mm-hmm. What do you think makes an ending a bad ending? Um, well, I can probably say one thing that you'll probably chuckle at, and that's English. <laughs> Um, if, I'm sorry, if there is a, if not only is it a boring ending, but also if there, if it's rife with misspellings and grammatical errors and everything else, it just, it just ruins it for me. I think one of the biggest ones was Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it's like, I remember the angry video game nerd. He did an episode on that and yep. the end was something like you have fought a great fight. Rest well, our heroes. And yeah, they had the, the English, the congrats congratulations or something congratulations or something like that yeah you know and honestly that's one of the worst offenders but it's most of them are actually pretty good i mean sometimes the games get a little um oh what's the best way to put it kind of like uh zero uh what is it zero ace or zero not zero hour zero no it's the one that all your base are belong to us oh Um, um zero wing that's it Kind of like that one. The English is just not misspellings, but it's just the grammatical issues. Those I can handle because sometimes they're friggin' hilarious. Oh, yeah. But when it's misspellings, it's like, you know what? I understand you're under the gun to try to make a game as fast as you can, but have a little pride, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, you know? and from what I understand, I mean, translating uh, game text from one language to another, it's not always as easy and clear-cut as it, as it might seem. Uh, I remember reading a little bit of a an interview with... Do you know who Ted Woolsey is? The name sounds familiar. Okay. If you played a lot of uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games back then, he usually appeared in the ending credits as a translator. And uh, he, I think he worked mostly with like Square Enix. Um, okay. So... But he did a lot of translations from, you know, the Japanese to the English. And one of the things that he was, uh, you know, mentioning is that the th- it, it can be tricky doing these translations because there's certain ideas. Well, it has to do with how much information you need to convey an idea in English versus Japanese, where there's some, you know, some... I'm trying to remember an example he gave, but it's like uh, there was, he was talking about one game that he translated. I think it was a it was a Final Fantasy game where the you know one of the the verse the dialogues that one of the characters said in in Japanese it was acceptable to leave it as what we would consider a fragment sentence in English. Okay. So yeah, that that was one of the reasons it was so tricky is just because again you had to find a way to adequately um, you know, translate the concept or the information that's being, um, you know, that's being conveyed. Sure. You know, and I, I think too, it does have to do a little bit of um, like what colloquialisms are going to be for us. You know, like you're pulling my leg or, you know, if you're twisting my arm, I guess in like Spanish, you're eating my hair is like <laughs> one of the same type thing. Uh, it's what, at least what they told us in our Spanish class in high school. But I mean, that can also be a trick. So I mean, I, I joke and I give them a hard time about this, but at the same time, I mean, I have nothing but respect because of the work that they do put into it. Oh, yeah. And- um, but that's, that's going to be kind of coming back full circle on this. That's one of the things that just kind of gets me is that for the ending, or if it's just completely underwhelming, you know, like, um, if you play a game, like, let's say if you played Super Mario Brothers and 
instead of actually showing a picture of the princess, they just cut to a black screen that says, you rescued the princess, congratulations. And then it started over. I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, and I can I can certainly understand that. Nothing sucks more than fighting your way through a game and then finally get to the end and it's like, yeah, you get the screen of text and it says, congratulations, you win. You know, the winner and, is and, you, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just thinking of a couple other ones that were out there too that like uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, this is the game over screen, but it's like you and your friends are dead game over. Yeah. Well, I don't expect to see a picture of it, but at the same time, I mean, that's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. As, as I recall from Friday the 13th, and this is another thing that really bothers me as far as game endings is when it's like, you might as well not have bothered because the, you know, the game doesn't wrap up everything. And in the case of Friday the 13th for the NES, as I recall, it's like, you know, you've killed Jason. Because with Friday the 13th for the NES, you had to kill Jason three times. Yep. And when you finally kill him for the first time, it's like, he's dead. Or is he? And, yeah. you know, it's like one of these things like, okay, well... If he's not dead, why why do I even bother? Why did I just spend, you know, a couple hours trying to save kids and listen to that game's really crappy music just to be told, oh, you de- maybe you defeated him, but he might be back. Exactly. You know, and it, granted, the uh, angry Nintendo nerd James did a great job with kind of just giving a hard time about it. But that just makes another a perfect example of a, of a bad ending is just a straight up nothingness of it you know uh, game over there you go you just you finish you beat m bison you finish you defeated the wall the world warriors in street fighter instead of having the little backstory like they do if it would have just said game over yeah and, and when you talk about S- street fighter 2 and one of the things i like about fighting games is the fact that there are all these different characters it gives you more replay value because I mean, I haven't beaten Street Fighter 2 with all the characters, but I've beaten it with some characters. And it's like, okay, Ryu, his ending is different from Ken's. Ken's mm-hmm. ending is different from Chun-Li's. And and that's what I liked about it is because it showed that all these fighters had their own reasons for participating in the tournament. Um, like... Uh, for example, Chun-Li was trying to avenge her father, who I believe was supposed to have been killed by by Bison. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think they... I'm trying to think of some of the other... I mean, it's been a long time since I played that game. It's like, Ryu, I know it's something like he just kind of walks off into the sunset because, yep. you know, he doesn't care about awards. He just wants to fight. <laughs> um, yeah. Samurai Showdown, that was another one oh. that I... I, I have beaten Love with all the characters game. and, um, you know, I said each one had their own little ending that sh- kind of told you a little bit about why they were fighting the, you know, in this battle. You know, and speaking of the fighting games too, I know that Mortal Kombat did that. And what Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct did, which I really, really appreciated, was the fact that they not only had their own ending for each character, but each ending somehow involved some of the other characters. Oh, Yeah. Like, Killer Instinct is the one I played way more, and that one it's like, well, Chief Thunder, horribly racist if you think about it nowadays, but Chief Thunder's ending like involves not only him, but also Glacius and, I think, uh, Orchid, somehow. So it's not just you beat the game with this person, but it's like, guess what? Person B and C still have a part in it, even though you didn't beat it with them. Yeah. So now I want to beat it with person B to see if they reference this or if they talk about different characters. Yeah, and a good example, I know they've done that a lot with some of the Mortal Kombat games, especially with the new ones, um, like 9 and 10. I haven't played them, but this is what I love about YouTube. Let's say there's a video game where you really want to know what happens at the end because you never beat it, or maybe you just don't have the inclination to go out and buy the game. Or the skill for some yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. But like when you mention um, how some characters appear in other characters' endings, uh, like for example, uh, two of the characters in that game, Kenshi and Takeda, their father mm-hmm. and son, and each of their endings involves the other. Well, if if you look at number nine, if you look at number ten, um, there's uh, Cage and Cage's daughter. Oh yeah, and. 
let's see, I think Jax, he also has his daughter. Their endings uh, play into each other as well. Actually, um, Jax's ending doesn't directly, or I'm sorry, Jackie's ending doesn't directly uh, tie into Jax's ending, but Jax's ending and um, Sonya Blade's ending, you know, the, they kind of tie into each other. So, yeah, I, I do like it when they do that with the street, some of those street fighting games where, you know, they show that there are these relationships between the characters. And that's one of the things I have to say about Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter. As far as gameplay goes, I've always been more to the Street Fighter side. But all in all, I think Mortal Kombat just has a better developed uh, mythology behind it. Oh, yeah. Oh, easy. Easy. I mean, they could easily... I mean, they, and they did, because the Street Fighter movie it was laughable. <laughs> and and it was it was actually hilarious. I own it because it's funny to watch. Um, Mortal Kombat has more of a story. They made the movie of it, which was marginally more successful than the Street Fighter movie. But, I mean, you could easily do a comic series, for example, and have all of the mythology and and tell just a fantastic story. Yeah, and and because like I said, with a lot of the Mortal Kombat games, they tie into each other. Whereas, for the most part, with Street Fighter, it's like, okay, the difference between Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 3. Well, we've got some new characters now, and Street Fighter 3 to Street Fighter 4. I mean, and, and I haven't played those games, so I might be wrong on that. But that's just my impression of... You know, the, the Street Fighter where it hasn't really, each new game doesn't really build much on the previous game. Whereas Mortal Kombat, you know, some of the things that happened in Mortal Kombat 3 are because of stuff that happened in Mortal Kombat 2. And, you know, and so oh, on. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're pretty much correct with Street Fighter 2. I mean, for example, with Mortal Kombat 2, I think one of them is like, oh, look, Liu Kang died. He's like one of the primary guys in number one. He was huge in number two. And then at the beginning of like number three, he's like, oh, yeah, guess what? Liu Kang died or number four, one or the other. No, actually, like, holy crap. It was actually a little later in uh, Deadly Alliance that he died. That's it. Because I, I remember playing that one with uh, Quan Chi, I think it was, the, yep. the pale guy. Mm-hmm. Well, another question to discuss. What about length of video game endings? Do you prefer endings that are long or short? Um. It's going to kind of wrap up and, and be, depend on the game itself. You know, if it's something where it's like a shooter type game, I don't need to have like not shooter, like an airplane type shooter, like 1943 or, um, oh God, vapor trail or something like that. I don't need to have a 10 minute thing where I have to stand in front of the arcade machine and watch the ending because you just finished shooting up the world. Tell me everything's okay or whatever. We're fine. However, if I play something like Skyrim, and the ending is like a minute and a half long, I'm going to feel slighted. Exactly, because, again, like Contra for the NES. Okay, mm-hmm. you beat the enemies, The you fly away in a helicopter while the island blows up behind you. Well, Contra's that pretty was much... perfect. Yeah, exactly. You run from one side of the screen to the other, shooting everything in your path. It mm-hmm. doesn't need a long, drawn-out ending where, you know, a game like Final Fantasy IV... You know, you had all these new characters you meet, each one that had, you know, kind of their own goals and their own point, their own purpose to the story. So that game, I thought, you know, it needed a little bit longer ending because you had to wrap up some of the things that happened in the game. Yep. So let's... You know, and I was sorry to interrupt there. Um, I was going to mention, too, like, for example, Bionic Commando, one of my favorite NES games. The ending was great. It It tied in why you met with the Super Joe character what was going on, what happened with everything. It just brought all the loose ends together and called it a day. Great. Um, Mega Man 2, another great game. Oh, yeah. Had him had him walking away, getting to a village. It was kind of weird that he kind of became a real boy, as it were. It, it was an odd ending, but at the same time, the music for that ending was like tugging at the heartstrings. Oh, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I remember playing that game, and the final music as he's walking away just has like this weird, this, like almost sadness to it. I'm just like almost sniffling, and then the, the, the speedy music comes on. I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm fine. We're good. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a tear. I was just... Um, <laughs> yeah. I was just... Uh, I, I had my, eyes were open. <laughs> my eyes were open too long from watching the game, okay? They yeah. were just watering. But, oh, yeah, I mean, and you make a, you bring up a good point when you're talking about the uh, Mega Man 2 ending, um, that, you know, even the, the music, and, of course, we've talked about video game music before, but mm-hmm. that ending piece... It can really be 
important. And like you mentioned in the case of Mega Man, it's Mega Man 2. It's like, you know, that ending theme really kind of pulls at your heartstrings. Now let's talk a little bit about some video games that we really enjoyed the ending for. And these don't have to be games that you actually beat. You know, maybe you saw someone beat the game or maybe you looked it up on YouTube. But to kind of go into the point that I was, uh, you know, we were just talking about um, with music and the role that can play, one game that I felt had a really good ending theme, and that would be uh, Star Tropics on the NES. Okay. I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. I did not finish that one or see the ending for it. Okay. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a good ending because it wraps things up nicely. And, you know, after the, you know, the, the story part is wrapped up, it shows you zooming away from, you know, the eye, it shows uh, the island that you started the game on. It pulls back a little bit to show the island chain, pulls back a little bit to show the earth, pulls back a little bit more to show like the galaxy. And then there's this really soft piece that plays and it shows various images from different parts of the story. So I thought that was a really fun way to, to wrap up the game. You know, and it's funny you should mention the images, because that just makes me think of um, Earthbound's ending. Okay. I haven't beaten the game yet, so... <laughs> Earthbound, I'm not, I won't spoil it for you. Um, but Earthbound's ending, if you've played it, remember when there was the little Fuzzy Pickles guy that came in and took oh, pictures? Yeah. As as the endings go, it has the music coming through, and it's another one. It's another, you spent enough time with the game that it just tugs at the heart, and you'll see all these pictures that they took throughout the gener- throughout the course of the game, and it's like reliving the whole thing all over again. Another game, again, when we're talking about music pieces that uh, tug at the heartstrings, mm-hmm. uh, this is another game that I've never played. I've only watched the the ending video on YouTube. Um, Chrono Cross, where okay the uh, the ending song I think it's called like Unstolen Jewel or Radical Dreamer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now the the version I've seen it's sung in Japanese, so I have no idea what they're saying. But <laughs> just the and it's a really simple. There's a acoustic guitar playing and there's a female singer and even though i don't know what the heck she's saying just it's done so well that you don't care what she's saying because it's a really beautiful song and just some of the images the way that it uh, again the ending's kind of weird but it has like some um real life scenes of like a girl walking and doing different things um, and then it also showed some flashbacks from the game itself. Okay. So I thought that Nin- was a really beautiful ending. And I was going to say Ninja Gaiden did that to me. Okay. I've never gotten far enough in the Ninja Gaiden games. Oh, it's it's tough as nails. And this is one I'll admit I did not beat without game genieing it because the game, I could get up to the final boss, but I could not beat it. And finally I got mad enough. I'm like, screw this. <laughs> I want to see the ending. And again, before the internet. Yeah. Um, and so you finish it, it ties up all the story, because, I mean, you go through that whole game, and there's a lot of cut screen story with this. And it ties everything up, and it's just got almost like a majestic, not quite sad, but almost, like, fulfilling. That's probably the best way I can put it, the fulfilling music. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's good that you, you know, bring that up, because I, I agree with what you're saying when you said that, uh, fulfilling music, because... You know, you want to hear something that, you know, makes it feel like everything you did was worth the hours you spent. And uh, going back to Final Fantasy VI, one of the things that I like in that game is as the ending, it, basically the way the ending sequence goes, all your characters are trying to escape uh, the Kefka's Tower. And this is where it's different based on who you manage to pick up on your way to the tower. So assuming that you do everything, what'll happen is they'll show like a a scene with some item that has some relevance to the character. And it'll say, you know, like, for example, the first one they mention is Cyan, who's um basically a samurai knight. And they show a picture of his katana and they'll say, and like in a lot of the Final Fantasy games, you have the option to rename your characters. So... Let's say you named him Bob. Mm-hmm. You would say like Bob as Cyan 
and then whatever his last name was, I forgot what it is offhand. And then it shows the, you know, his scene acting out. And since most of the characters in that game have their own theme, mm-hmm. the music, um, the music changes to a remixed version of that character's theme song. So oh, okay. I definitely recommend, uh, YouTubing that if you have a chance. The ending is a bit long, but it's still worth it. So let's let's flip it on its head for a second here. What would you say if you had to, don't even think too fast about it? One a bad ending that you've seen. Uh, there's a couple of one I can think of, and you know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because this is a situation where there's two games I want to talk about. The sequel had the 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 worse ending than the original one did. I mean, huh. okay, two games: Castlevania: Lords of Shadow, and. Okay. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Both are examples where the first games, the endings were awesome. The second ending, the ending for the second games, not so much. I was bitter at Knights of the Old Republic because my copy glitched out on me. Oh. I had it for the PC and it always got up to the, like the snow temple level and the, it wouldn't work. It just, for whatever reason, no matter what dialogue it would do, it would stay there and nobody would move. And I thought, well, hey, I'll uninstall it, reinstall it. I did it four times and rushed to get up to it and never worked. So I never have gotten any further than that on Nights 2. So I'll have to take your word for that. But you're right. Number one was amazing. Well, Nights 2. Well, you know how in uh, Star Wars Knights of the Republic 1, the ending is vast. Now, have you ever beaten that game using both light side and dark side endings? <laughs> of course. Well... The endings are significantly different. The problem with number two is, okay, you know, there's that main, that character, Kira. Yeah. That, uh, you encounter. Well, spoiler alert. She turns out to be the, she's the last boss in that game. And okay. after you beat her, she answers a few questions and it's more or less the same depending on whether you're the light side or dark side. If you, we're on the light side. It shows you basically flying away in your spaceship from the planet that, um, you know, that the last battle took place on. If you got the dark side ending, she falls down this pit and then it zooms away from the planet. That's it. So it sounds like they phoned it in. Yeah. And part of the problem is, I mean, I don't know how much you know about the background behind Knights of the Old Republic two. It was rushed. Oh yeah. And, you know, you could probably, if you played through the game, you could probably be under that impression because there's stuff in the game that, like, there's a lot of unresolved plot points. And not only that, there's some areas of the map where it's like, you swear you could get there, but there's no way to get there. So it's like, you see this section on your map, but you don't have a way to get there no matter what you try. Oh, that's, um, that, that's, that in itself drives me up a wall. Yeah. And I mean, even I think one of the developers was saying, yeah, they just put so much of a rush on us that we weren't able to get a lot of the stuff that we needed. Um, but when I saw about Castlevania Lords of Shadow, now I haven't played either one. I've just YouTubed them. Mm-hmm. Now in the ending to the first one, okay, the, now this game stars Gabriel Belmont and, he has to fight Satan at the end. And then after he defeats Satan, okay, roll the credits. And then the, it cuts to the scene of this church. Now the game was taking place in like, I forgot, whatever. It's some like Renaissance type setting. So there's this cloaked figure. He walks into a church and then he goes up, he floats up this tower and you find out that he was the character you meet in the game named Zobek. And you find out that, Gabriel Belmont has become Dracula. And, you know, Zobek and Dracula, they have their little dialogue, and then they attack, and uh, Dracula attacks Zobek. He throws him out through a window, and then as he goes through the window, it's all of a sudden, it's a modern-day setting outside. And then, you know, he crashes down to the ground, and him and Zobek have their little dialogue, and then, you know, then the game ends. Um, but I thought that was just a really awesome ending because you didn't expect that. Yeah. And the second ending, it's based around this premise that Gabriel, he wants to die, but he can't. 
as he says in the ending of the first one, I cannot die, but yet I cannot live. Um, so the, the, the plot revolves around Zobek saying that if he helps him defeat Satan again, he will give him the true death that he desires. So Alucard appears again in this game, different from the Alucard of Castlevania three, but Alucard appears again mm-hmm. and still the son of Dracula. And after the final battle with Satan in this one, uh, it's like Alucard says something to Dracula, like, you know, what does the future hold? And Dracula is like, no one can say. And then he just walks off. So again, it's like, what? Yeah. It's like, okay, this, this game is based off the premise that, okay, Dracula wants to defeat Satan and he wants to die. He wants true death. He finally defeats Satan and supposedly has the, you know, the ability, you know, the, they can now give him the true death he desires. He just walks off. So that's where it's kind of that letdown where it, again, disappointing ending, it doesn't resolve anything. No, not at all. I mean, unless I miss something because I just kind of watch the cutscenes, but still, it's just like, okay, all that gameplay and that's the best you guys could do. <laughs> yeah. So how about you? I mean, what are some My... game endings that you just, you, you, you saw the ending after playing this game and you're like, I wish I could get all the time back that I spent playing that game. Uh, let's see. Um, well, one of them that comes to mind is the first Ninja Turtle game for nin- for NES. The game was hard as hell. It was Nintendo hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then you finally somehow managed to beat it. And I'll tell you what, the hardest part of the game is that stupid damn level. Oh, that the, damn, the, damn level. Exactly. If you can make it past there, you can finish the game, you know? Um but you get to the end, it's like, hey, Splinter is safe. Let's go have a pizza. Really? Really? That's, that's, that's how you're going to end it, is let's have a pizza. Well, they are Ninja Turtles who like pizza, after all. <sighs> they also like skateboarding and talking about, like, surfer talk. But <laughs> they could have, like, let's have a totally bodacious pizza. Then it would be even worse. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, oh. I, I, I could see that. I mean, I've heard that the ending to that game wasn't exactly uh, top-notch. I'm trying to think of what other ones. In fact, I'm still kind of thinking about the the regular 8-bit Nintendo era. Um, I have to say the ending for um, Fester's Quest was pretty horrible, too. I'm sorry. Sunsoft, generally speaking, does not do well with endings. Yeah, Journey to Cilius had a decent ending, mm-hmm. but like Blaster Master, boring as hell. The opening was great. The ending was like, oh, we're sick of doing it. Um, I'm not sure, because like with the uh, another Sunsoft game is yeah, Batman for the NES. I've never beaten the game, so I'm not sure what the ending's like. But I'm I'm assuming it doesn't stray that far from the movie. It's it's pretty darn close. I mean, it's pretty much exactly as you'd expect. I mean, granted, you're fighting the Joker who can call down lightning, but <laughs> the end of the game, you you pretty much punch him out the window instead of having him fall, and he dies. So it's pretty much the same as the ending of the. Burton movie, but not quite the same way. We didn't get there the same way. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's it was okay, and I mean, you couldn't really expect anything different, because it's Batman. You know yeah. the movie, you know the story. I mean, granted, they, de- they deviated it for the game, but I was okay with that, because they made a tight game with great music. Oh, yeah. And then, so I mean, that I can't give them too much of a hard time for, but like I said, I mean, some of the other Sunsoft ones, I mean, you work so hard for Blaster Master because Sunsoft games are very difficult games. Um, especially the Fester's Quest, where if you die, you go all the way back to the beginning. You could be on the final ship, on the final UFO, and if you die, you're all the way back on the street. Oh, that would suck. Oh, I, you know, I broke a control over that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it was almost broken anyways, but still, I mean, it's just one of those where it's like, you know what, no, this, that's not cool, and especially not having any passwords. Yeah, and I'd have to say when, like, with the first Castlevania game, I mean, pretty much it just shows the castle crumbling and then roll credits. And that's what I liked about uh, 2 and 3. The endings weren't just, okay, watch the castle crumble, now here's the credits. Though it's it's funny for the first one. I don't know if you ever seen the ending to the first Castlevania game. Where I've it's like seen they've got pictures of, the, of it. What's that? 
I've seen pictures of it, like when when uh, James Rolfe was talking about it, how they messed up the names on purpose or whatever. Yeah, like Boris instead of Boris Karloff, uh, Boris Karloffis, and Christopher right. B. And, and and again, what they were trying to do, of course, is since Castlevania was heavily inspired by these classic monster movies, they were mm-hmm. trying they were mentioning the names of some of the people who. Um, you know, played these famous monsters back in the the Hammer horror film days. Right. I'm going to have to say though, when it comes to Castlevania, I might give them a little bit of, a little bit of a pass. And here's why: Castlevania came out what in the mid '80s, so it was kind of in the middle of like where games had to have endings, like Super Mario Brothers had an ending and things like that. Uh, Kid Icarus, Legend of Zelda, they had endings, but they weren't used to putting endings on games because most games prior to that didn't have an end. Let's say Galaga. There's no ending for Galaga. You're not like, oh, look, we defeated all the bad guys. Here you go. So for them to do anything is like, okay, well, great. We've got an ending now. Perfect. It's not the best ending, but at least it's something. So being as how the ending of a game per se, except for computer games, because they've been doing that forever, um, it was kind of in its infancy for the console. I'm going to almost give them a little bit of a pass. But once you once you move to, you know, Later on in the NES's life and getting into Super Nintendo, Genesis, so on and so forth, if you have a bad ending, you deserve to be ashamed of yourself. So basically you think that game programmers were still getting used to the idea that with a home game, maybe the player doesn't want to just keep playing Pac-Man until he dies. Maybe he you know, wants to actually see something resolved. Can you think of any other games that you've played where the ending just totally let you down and just really made you kind of want to throw your controller out the window? Oh, let's see here. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, really, we've kind of touched on a few of those. I know that there's a few of the Super NES games that I remember playing that were just kind of meh. Um, uh, let's see. You know, actually, even Mario Kart, for example. I mean, granted, it's a racing one. How much of an ending do you really want? But I mean, it's like, hey, look, we're on the top of a, a top tier thing. Okay. You know, again, I don't expect much because it was Mario Kart, but at the same time, it was still kind of eh to me. So if you had to choose, let's say, three games that where the endings really stood out for you, so three of your favorite video game endings for any reason, whether the music really tugs at your heartstrings or you just like how the ending was uh, put together, what would you say are your three favorite video game endings? Oh, you're going to put me on that spot, aren't you? Um, <laughs> Do you want me to go first so you can have a moment to think? I would appreciate that, actually. Okay. <laughs> One game that I just really love the ending for, Amped 3. And okay. I, I, I put the video up of it on my uh, YouTube page if you want to go take a look at it. But Amped 3 is a snowboarding game that has a very loose plot. And the plot is just hilarious. And partway through the game, there's a news report that's get that well there's a news report about a, a comet that's going to crash into the earth and then it gets interrupted with some fluff piece about a, a a movie star that's in an embarrassing situation and at the end of the game it has this big musical finale where you've got all these characters that are from the game that are singing and then at the end of the song the you know it's pulling back and you're seeing all the characters and then it pulls back to the earth and you're seeing the earth from a distance and then the comet comes and crashes into the earth and destroys everything that's awesome it is like i said amp 3 has got to have one of the best endings i've ever seen just because again they talked about that comet early on in the game and they don't really bring it up again. And then at the end of the gaming, it destroys the earth. That's pretty awesome. actually. So another game that I, I'd have to say that just the ending just, uh, I really enjoyed was final fantasy for the after years. Now, depending on who you ask, the game itself tends to get a lot of heat where some people think it's just kind of okay. Other people think it's a a hastily put together sequel. You know, sequel. I personally enjoyed it, and I, I think it doesn't deserve some of the hate it gets. But again, the ending wraps everything up, where all the characters that you had, 
you know, they're, they're concluding their business and, um, it doesn't really leave any loose ends to the story. There's no wondering what happened to character A, what happened to character B. Hey, how come we don't see character C in the ending? Um, so that, I thought that made it a really good ending. And then I have to say another game that probably would make it on my list of top endings. Uh, and it'd be hard for me to decide because, I mean, Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VI both have really good endings. Um, but I actually also really liked the ending for Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which, okay. again, it's one of those games that gets a lot of hate. Um, and I did an episode about it a while ago where, you know, I'm I'm probably one of the few people on the Internet that actually defends that game. Where, but it does have a good ending because it does wrap everything up, and you know the the final music piece is actually, you know, it does wrap things up nicely, and it does, you know, one of those tug at your heartstring type uh, songs. Right. I, I remember. I, we, I think you and I talked about that actually. Mystic Quest was hard. It was surprise. It was surprisingly difficult, especially for someone who's not huge into those games. I know it was like Final Fantasy Light per se. Yeah, but it was still tricky. I remember when I first got into it, I was like, I was kind of having a hard time. I mean, I was no expert by any means, but it was a little tricky. Yeah, and because some of you bring up a good point. I mean, some of the later enemies, if you're not high enough level, they are going to wipe the floor with you. But the other thing about Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, and I think we talked about this on the video game music episode, mm-hmm. how it had some of the best music ever for the Super Nintendo. But the last boss, you can defeat him by using the cure spell on him a few times. Oh, and uh, I don't know why I didn't re- talk more about this. Chrono Trigger. Sure. I mean, it had a, the thing that's so fun about that game, and it actually has, I think, like 10 or 12 different endings. Because since the game is so heavily on, reliant on time travel, what the ending you get actually depends on you know, where, where you defeat the last boss. And, um, also if you don't get Chrono back because the main character Chrono dies during the course of the game. And there's a special ending where if you don't get him back before, um, you know, before you beat the last boss. So, okay. So those are some of my favorite, all time favorites. What about you, Lou? All right. Well, one of which we already talked about, and that was Mega Man 2. It wasn't flashy, it wasn't grandiose, but it was perfect in the respect that it had great music. It had something that just felt like an ending, you know. It got the job done. It did, exactly. It got the job done. You knew that you were done. You deserved a break. You know, you need a vacation. And even as a robot, you can just, you just feel the humanity of it. That's, I guess, that's the easiest way to put it. Um, one of my next ones, and not everybody is as much of a fan of this game as I am, but was the original Dragon Age Origins. Okay. Haven't played it, so <laughs> go I on. I really, really enjoyed Origins. I mean, because you've got a lot. It's not, let's see, how do I word this? It's not like Fable in the respect where all of your decisions, you can be more good, more evil, whatever else. But, I mean, you can lose party members permanently by your actions. Um, if you romance the wrong person, the other one could get jealous and either become cold to you or just leave the party altogether, things like that. Um, there's a lot of decisions that mean that there's there's really only a couple true endings per se. However, who you're with at the end means that it's actually more endings than they give a credit for. Okay. Um, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, the characters were entertaining. Um, the guy who played Alistair, he's just smartass, was just perfect. I loved it. Um I would highly recommend giving Dragon Age a chance. It's, I mean, I think it's backwards compatible on the Xbox One now. Um, it's, it's absolutely worth it. It's, it's a relatively inexpensive download, and it's, it's just a fun game, and you'll, you'll enjoy getting to the ending. Okay. And the other one, and this is one I'm sure that anybody who is a comic fan has played because it is arguably one of the best comic book games ever made, Batman Arkham City. Okay. Arkham City, and this is, um, I don't know if you ever plan on playing this or not. I might if I, if I have a chance to see it. It's just, I've been so busy with so much stuff lately. Oh, sure. So, you know, and I, part of me wants to tell you because I'm just like, mm, but the other part of me is like, I don't want to spoil it because I remember when I first saw it, 
I purposely avoided things because I wanted to be surprised by the ending. And I was, it was just like, holy crap, really? I mean, it's one of those where I had the, I set the controller down and had to take a second to try to absorb what was going on. That's another way I think is a good ending is if it gets you to just be like, huh? And you just, you focus, everything else is turned off. You focus perfect ending right there. So those would be a couple for me. Okay. So, well, as I said at the start of this episode, all good things must come to an end. And so this episode must also come to an end. Um, I mean, I'm sure, of course, if we wanted to someday, we could probably do another episode about video game endings. But I think we've talked this topic to death for now. So with that said, I'd like to thank you all for joining us and have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.